riding high. G'day everyone, welcome to another episode of The Short Cameo, the show where I discuss movie news reviews and everything in between. My name is Nick Pendry and I'm not going to bother with intros today because I want to get into this episode easily. My favourite Falcon in the Winter episode, wait, Falcon in the Winter Soldier episode to date. Well, there's only been four. There are some interesting things to talk about with this episode. Let's get right into it. Very serious episode. I was thinking about it and I realized there were almost no jokes for the entire runtime, which I found interesting because the whole premise and the way they sold this show was it was a whole buddy cop thing. There was a lot of banter going back between, back and forth between Steve and Bucky. It was like they weren't going to like each other, weren't going to work, work well together, and they'd eventually come together. That was there for what one episode in the second episode, so I kind of I've kind of missed that the last couple episodes, but didn't miss it too much in this one. It was just something I noticed mainly because what I'm really liking with what this show is doing now is it. I kind of mentioned it before. It completely understands that it can't just be a fun ride along action thrill ride type of show because. I mean, well, you can't just have action scenes happening all the time. You need a lot more emotional investment and more interesting story elements, which I think what this episode does is it's starting to bring these things together and focus up a bit more because first three episodes, there are a lot of different elements going on. I've already mentioned before in my previous pods, and it was starting to feel a bit too all over the place, but I feel this episode really tightens up and has it ignores a few of the other story elements they got going on but is a much was a much more focused episode and oh boy did some fun things happen all right so this show where did we start off bucky is back in wakanda he's having his little trial by fire where the what was it what was her name io ao is breaking him out of the trance i said last episode when bucky showed up with zemo and he starts saying the words and they have no effect. I think the reason I found that really not irritating, but I was upset by it because this had been such a crucial element with Bucky and they'd kind of left it in civil war as something that was unresolved. And then in this show, just, it just appeared to be resolved. They hadn't really touched on it. So I was a bit disappointed by that. So I'm really glad that they retouched on this because it was also ignored in infinity war and Endgame. Bucky was just sort of in the background, but they touch on how, well, not how, but they at least reference that it was in Wakanda where he was able to overcome this. And I really like this scene because, well, for one thing, Sebastian Stan's acting I thought was fantastic. There's this long, slow shot of his face where you see all these memories flashing before him. I just thought it was really good. And it's sold that dynamic he has with the Wakandians now with... I was thinking about it because in the last episode, it sort of just ends the Wakandans show up. I'm like, oh, yeah, makes sense. They wouldn't be happy with Zemo breaking him out. But there's more to the dynamics with Bucky and the Wakandians because they literally brought him back from the brink of destruction in a way. They helped him. They healed him. 
they fixed him, essentially. So he owes a lot to them. And then you think about the last episode where, without even almost a second thought, Bucky just happily breaks Zemo out of jail. Don't know if that'll go any further. It was just... It was interesting dynamics, I guess. Let's talk about the serum, because that's almost the driving question of this episode. Almost everybody at some point gets asked the question, would you take the serum if you had the option? Which... I really like this episode had a few things in it that I'd forgotten. It has the Bucky element with him getting over his, those words or whatever. It's got a few things with Sam, which I'll mention later on. And then it's, then it's just this idea with the serum because the entire time throughout this episode, the words of, was it Dr. Zolo from the original Captain America are running in my head? Like good becomes great. Bad becomes worse. It's my terrible attempt at a German accent. And um, Zemo at one point says there has never been another Steve Rogers. And we had kind of forgotten, or at least I had, because the only two super soldiers running around before this were Steve and Bucky. And Bucky had been tortured and tormented, so he doesn't really factor in. But Steve was such an embodiment of good. And the effects of the serum almost seem to have no relevance in terms of what it does to you, does to your character and how it affects you emotionally and mentally. And so I like that this show has brought back this idea of, no, well, you can't just give the serum to anybody because it's going to amplify whatever is inside that person. So Steve Rogers was such a perfect embodiment of good because that that was what he was to his core, which I'll touch on Discount Steve a little later on and the elements of that. But it was nice. I like that they brought that back. I also just wanted to mention... It's not overdone. It's just ingrained in the show in a couple of moments. They sort of talk about the effects of the blip and what that had on people. And there's there were quite a lot of benefits to it, almost the perks of Thanos' plan with increased jobs, increased housing, increased opportunity, less borders because you got rid of half the population. Overpopulation is effectively cured. And suddenly when everybody is brought back like that, it would just completely unravel. How would that even... I'm trying to th- actually trying to think how would that even work if half the population suddenly appeared again, how that would work with economies and housing and governments. I think I kind of already mentioned this, but it's nice that the show isn't getting too caught up in that, but just having that in the background every now and then that they mention and sort of the, the dynamics at play with that. What else is going on in this episode? There's a couple of mentions of the power broker again. Sharon just has some satellites just chilling that she can have access to. That's cool. Let's talk about Sam. This is the most invested... Did that make sense? The most invested I've been in Sam since he first appeared in the Marvel Universe because I'll tell you why. Let me, let me, let me break it down for you. Sam, to me, had always been rather one-dimensional in that he's just that good backup for Steve. He's he's an amazing fighter. He's, you know, he's really good as Falcon. He's funny. He's witty. He's interesting. But he was always just that straightforward, you know, do the right thing, have his little speeches every now and then about being good and whatnot. Here, I actually really liked... Okay, so let's jump ahead a little bit here to his interactions with Carly because... He decides to go in there alone and try to reason with her. And I was kind of thinking, oh, okay, this is going to be the classic speech of you don't have to do this. You can still do the right thing. And then Carly would go against that and then they'd fight or something. I, You know, that, that sort of generic speech you expect when the good guy tries to talk the bad guy down and reason with them. But firstly, he mentions that he used to counsel soldiers with trauma and... <laughs> I feel really ashamed of myself because he said that and I was like, ah, 
that's a cool dynamic for him. Yeah, I like that. Then I watched the episode again, took some notes. I'm like, I still like this. I still like this whole element with that. Then I went on a run. And it was about halfway through the run, I had the light bulb moment. Like, oh, yeah, he used to, he, he did that in winter. So he, ugh. sorry. Lucky I didn't do the podcast straight away. Otherwise, that would have been a bit, that would have looked a bit dumb. But yeah, I would completely forgotten that Sam used to do that. He used to run those therapy sessions for soldiers who had suffered trauma and that dynamic of his character hadn't come up since then. So the fact that that's now back is really good. And I particularly like it because when he goes and talks with Carly, it's not the generic conversation you'd expect these two to have. There's There was sort of some mind games going on there. He sort of, he almost gets her to express the downsides of her ideologies. Like, it's not a bunch of sentimental rubbish. It's literally a clash of ideologies and how they both approach the same issue because they both have the same beliefs and ideas about the downsides of the blip and how people need help and all that. But the way they're going about it is different. And just the way Sam has her come around to almost not wanting to, but see the flaws in her ways, even though she sort of just says, no, 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 you just manipulated me to do that. I'm not explaining this very well, but it's the most I've liked Sam, and I really liked that he got to show this element of his character more. It made him more 2D, 3D, three-dimensional, however however you want to put it. It made him more interesting. And leading on to that, let's talk about, let's talk about Carly. I don't... I'm just wondering if the show either doesn't know or isn't that invested with doing much with her and her little gang of minions. Every, more or less everything she says in this episode, in the last episode, and even I think in the second episode as well, is she's, I've never, I've almost never seen her just have a conversation with someone because someone will come in and talk to her and she'll end up giving this speech about resistance or a speech about the times during the blip and how the government is ruining everything. Just make for some weird casual conversations with her minions. But it's, she's sort of, at the moment, she's just a mouthpiece for what her gang stands for, which is fine. And it's not like I I think her views are wrong or whatever. It's just, I, I don't really know that much about her and it's it's just getting a bit repetitive with every time she comes in it's just the same thing over and over again like you know we've got we've got to topple the government and what they did what they did to us during the blip when they ca- all came back it's horrible i really need to stop doing accents i just sort of i feel at the moment that the focus on pro- good emotional arcs and character development has been with bucky and sam and discount steve and Carly and her gang have kind of been an afterthought. I mean, they've she's she's got two or three minions that have come in and out, and they've all had quick backstories. Like I think all of them had families who were war veterans or people who got affected by the blip somehow. And I can't really connect with any of them because they come in, they give their little spiel, they go away. New guy comes in, has a different spiel. I mean, uh, still just not really invested in her character. Um, I do love. Uh, when her minions come in and they get a text from the power broker and her, the guy gives she gives the most dramatic way to read out a text message I've ever seen. He's got all, It's full of dramatic pauses and it's like, I will find you and I will end you. Thanks, Liam Neeson. Manufactured tension. 
All right, let's talk about the the doula from Wakanda. Oh, man, these guys, these guys are so cool. They literally, they come in, handle Cap like he's nothing, disable Hodgkins, get rid of Sam, hit a couple of pressure points in Bucky's arm and just switch off his arm. I really hope they, I don't know how they'd figure it, but they sort of team up at the end somehow with Bucky and Sam and whatnot and just uh, wreak havoc wherever because these guys are so cool. Uh, I do love Sam's little, should we help them? And Bucky's like, looking strong, John. Just, you know, cheer squad in the background. Love that. But I was kind of thinking, would it would it be the worst thing in the world if they just took Walker out? Not necessarily have to kill him. Just, I don't know, break his leg, break a couple of limbs. Just keep him out of action for a while because sort of leaning into it, Walker for this whole episode has his complete downward spiral and it's just a hindrance wherever he goes. So maybe just just snap his fibula. He'll heal. It'll be fine. Uh, but all right, let's let's uh, let's talk about my favorite part of this episode, which was the whole arc, I suppose, with our discount drug addict, Steve Rogers. I was thinking about it that he we've only really got to know him over two, just two and a little bit episodes. And the way they've set him up, given him a bit of a backstory, not too much, and then had this downward spiral into him taking the super soldier serum and becoming, or trying to trying to become Steve. It's done pretty quickly, but I completely bought it. Like, they give it enough time and enough juice or whatever to make me fully buy into it and believe that th- that is a choice that he would make. Because... I think about when he walks into the room, sees the super soldier serum on the ground, picks it up. I thought in that moment he was going to stab himself with it or whatever. And it was going to be this big, oh, no, he didn't. But he doesn't. And I'm very glad that he didn't because then you have he has the conversation with his Battlestar buddy about whether or not they'd take it. And he asks, he asks him, would you take it? He's like, hells yeah, I would. Because... They don't quite understand the full impact of it. To them, actions speak... They're military men. Actions speak louder than words. And Lamar says to him, like, you've won three medals. You are the epitome of what it means to be a good soldier and to be a good man. You should be taking it. That'll amplify all of that. You'll be amazing. And I do also liked that Walker was a little unsure because... He talks about the... Re- they don't go into it, but the reasons he got those medals he's not very proud of. So... In a sense, he's actually a little bit damaged. He's not proud of his past actions. There's guilt and perhaps a little bit of inherent aggressiveness or something at his core that's not pure enough to justify him taking the serum. But I can't remember everything that's said. I think his buddy says something like power makes a person more of themselves or whatever. So to them, it justifies him taking the meds and... It's set up in the previous episode in this one that Walker's getting really frustrated with not being able to... He thought taking up the shield would instantly make him feel better about everything he does, and he's frustrated that that's not happening for him all at once, and he then he gets taken out by the doula pretty comfortably, and so he starts feeling helpless. So it all leads up to this decision for him to take the medication. And then I love this sort of final showdown that they have that... Walker and Lamar walk in and um, you sort of think to yourself, has he taken it? Has he taken it? Is he, do- is he doing anything that's a bit too subhuman? What's he doing? And he th- 
he th- crashes through a door. He throws his shield in- into a concrete pillar and it makes it like halfway through the pillar. I'm like, ooh, is it just a weak pillar or is that... So Superstrong, what's he doing? What's he doing? Ooh, ooh, is he, is he taking something? And then, <laughs> and he walks up to the shield and he starts doing his little ferrets, which is, I'm like, ooh, he's taking something. I think he's taking something. Uh, and then it's very, very quickly apparent that this boy's jacked up. But that the final showdown as well is just really awesome. There's a lot of hand-to-hand stuff. I'm loving, I love the way, I'm glad in this episode Sam put on his Falcon suit again because I love the way he uses his wings and his jetpack in close quarter fighting just to gain advantage. It's just really cool. Like he fires up his jetpack in someone's face to get them off him. He uses his wings to get himself out of situations. I like that there's more to his suit than just him flying around and firing missiles into people because it shows he's got versatility and there's more to his fighting style, which just makes him so much more interesting. The fight scene itself is probably the best of the show so far. There's there's a lot of quick cuts and quite a few close-ups, but there's minimal shaky cam, so I felt like I could still see what was happening most of the time. And I just like that it involves almost everyone in the show so far now. You've got Bucky and Sam there sort of teaming up at a couple of points. You've got Lamar and Walker getting involved. Carly's there, just... We've only got two episodes to go now, so I just like that in this one it felt like a lot of the characters were coming together and actually meeting up because I I realised actually Bucky and Sam had not even interacted with Carly before this episode. So having the main antagonist and the main protagonist actually clash and collide was really good. But then, all right, let's, let's talk about Lamar because he dies, or I think he dies because... His spine is currently spines, if proper physics is to be adhered to. But I thought I thought this was absolutely. Um, the other reason I hope I hope he's dead is because I think that's absolutely the best thing that could happen for his character. Because before this, he felt kind of pointless and tacked on. Just he was there. He'd given himself a nickname. He was calling himself Battle Stuff. I don't even know. And it just felt like all right, we've got our fake Captain America, he needs a sidekick because Captain America needs a sidekick and that was all he was there for. But I did think when this happens, I was starting to think about the scenes he's in. He's he's often been the voice of reason in John Walker's head. Back when we first met Walker, Lamar comes into the room and just talks him up and says, you know, you can do this, you are the right man for the job. Then in this episode, when Walker's getting all frustrated and doesn't want them, doesn't want Sam to go in there and talk to Carly, he says, well, he talks him down and he's like, well, it might might not be a bad idea because we, if we can avoid violence. So he's, that, he's kind of that voice of reason in Walker's head. And then Walker goes, sort of has his downward spiral and now he's lost that voice of reason, that person he'll actually listen to. So who knows what he's going to do now. And just the dynamics at play with that. And then he sees Lamar die. He goes, absolutely full road rage. <laughs> I there's, there's no clinical neck snapping or anything in there. He full-blown just rams the shield into the guy's neck. Uh, I'm assuming decapitates him in front of a lot of civilians who all film it. The final shot of the shield being covered in blood. He's now tainted, which I... Absolutely, I completely buy his arc at this point. He's just seen his partner die. He's jacked up on this super soldier serum and it just all unravels for him. And I really like, I'm very excited for the next episode. I think the next episode 
whatever it does is going to be the defining moment for the show because you've now got, they've talked about it a couple of times in this episode, you've got the support for the flag smashers around the globe. People are buying into what these guys are doing. And they brought in John Walker as Captain America to be that bright spot for, no, 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 no. Everything's fine the way it is. Here's our new Captain America. Look, he's the shining symbol. Just look to him, look to him. And you've now, obviously, it's going to be spread all over the internet, him just wailing on a guy with his shield and absolutely taking him out. So things are probably going to unravel for our heroes in the next episode because no one's going to trust them at all now. Captain America's name and what he stands for has been completely tainted by what's just happened, which now does make way for Sam to take up the mantle because obviously they were going to have to at some point have John Walker discredited or have him not want to be Captain America anymore for Sam to take it up or to think about taking it up. So I really like the way they've done that and I like the dynamics at play. I hope that John Walker doesn't just get thrown thrown out and Sam just takes up the shield. I hope there's a bit more left to his character because I like how they've set him up and I like how he st- where from where he started and then his downward spiral to where he is now. Really good stuff. And it does make me really excited for the next episode. Uh, I hope Zemo still remains a relevant force and Sharon with her various satellites that she has access to. Very crucial and very helpful. I do hope that some of the comedy comes back between Bucky and Sam because there wasn't as much interaction between them. Or it hasn't been with these last couple episodes. I hope my boy Mr. Nakashima comes back into play because I'm really looking forward to seeing how that one wraps up even though it's kind of predictable what they'll do. Still... Could be good. All right, guys, I'm going to stop talking there. Uh, Thanks again for listening. If you have any questions or queries or want to leave me a comment, hit me up. You know where to find my show. Google. I still am planning on doing my Raya and Last Dragon and Justice League and now Kong v. Godzilla reviews. All in good time, albeit a long time. I'll get around to it eventually. Till then, see you next time. The shark camera